Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 28, round six review of the Canberra Football Show. I'm Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today, as always, is Michael Georgeski. Michael, how are you going today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Matt. 20, 28 episodes in. We've almost knocked not, off the other setting. Not, not far at all. So, uh, But besides that, no, I've been very good. Um, it's been a... But a decent Monday, not as bad as what Mondays can normally be. So um, here we are again. This is this is always my favorite part of the Monday. So um, uh, I, I hope this is better than work. I hope. I hope. Oh, of course, <laughs> mate. Of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, another another good uh, weekend of football action, most certainly. So uh, I'm sure we're going to get into that very uh, shortly. But how, how about yourself? How how did you go this weekend? Yeah, not too bad. It was good. Finally got back in the commentary with uh, with Jeremy out at uh, Gungahlin and Close. Freezing as always, but uh, mm-hmm. with some good action like we're going to mention. And Matty Moore will be joining us, who's also a commentator with uh, Jeremy that does some MPLW matches and he's coached around MPLW in Canberra and knows quite a bit about the scene. So I'm excited to bring him on in our MPLW segment. But as always, let's start with MPL1. Michael, what's our first matchup? So our first matchup was West Canberra Wanderers up against Tigers FC. And I mean, wow, uh, what a performance from uh, Tigers FC away from home. I'm not sh- sure too many people would have expected it to be as emphatic as it was, uh, but they put on an absolute clinic, uh, winning that match 5-1. Goals from uh, Stricker getting a double and Borgner with a hat trick. Uh, Paisler uh, got on the score for uh, West Canberra Wanderers. Like I said, Matt, it was an a five-star performance uh, from, from Tigers FC who have looked absolutely fantastic uh, in back-to-back weekends. Uh, how did you see this one uh, playing out? Yeah, you mentioned there another five-star performance ever since their um, their victory over Western Molonglo in the FA Cup quarterfinals. They've just been on fire. They put six past them here and then last week, five against Olympic. Now this week against West Canberra Wanderers, they put another five against them. It looks like they're finally starting to hit. If, you just go around, you talk to just people around Canberra. A lot of people kept saying, oh, eventually Tigers will, you know, click. And it seems like it starts to be clicking anyway. Like you mentioned, three matches in a row, fantastic. They're absolutely on fire here today. And some of the goals, absolutely fantastic. Julian Borgner, by the way, mm. that free kick from him, absolutely, um, absolutely sensational. Top left corner. Everyone was just on fire. The the rhythm of their play. Like we, despite not getting the results, you still saw that, but they haven't been able to keep that sort of def- defensive solidity. Uh, but now they're keeping that defensive solidity and they're playing that free, free flowing football. Uh, in terms of West Canberra though, not the best day of the office. They had good spells of possession though. They kept themselves in the game when they could. They had chances themselves. I mean, that goal from Paisley at the end, I know it was a consolation, but far out, what a goal that was from him. Uh, yeah, not much, not much uh, Tigers could do about that one. Uh, there was a casualty, unfortunately. Nathan Medjik, unfortunately, came off in that match with an injury. His ankle, um, he's getting, he got scans today, so we'll probably have news next week. So best of luck to him in his recovery in that regard. But overall, fantastic performance by Tigers FC. Not the end of the world, though, for West Canberra. I know they weren't able to get that victory last week and they got the draw against Tuggies, but they still find themselves on a good position in the table, like I'll mention at the end of the uh, the segment. Do you have any last thoughts before we move on, Michael? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's important, uh, although it's easy for West Canberra Wanderers to be down on themselves after uh, this result. And I think given how they've started the season and their last two fixtures, I really think that they would have seen a six-point you know, opportunity grab there uh, to, to get back-to-back victories to really continue on the the rhythm and the form that they've showed uh, to, to start the year, even though they've, you know, uh, not been able to pass the, these last couple of hurdles um, against, uh, well, especially in this game against uh, Tigers FC. I think, like, like I mentioned at the top, I don't think anyone would have expected it to be as one-sided uh, as, as as it was. But like you said, they had their chances uh, th- throughout the game and th- they've been a side that have been able to put together some nice football uh, as well. So uh, I, I think it's important for them not to obviously get down on themselves. They've had a couple of, um, well, they've had this tough result and they're not obviously not getting the win last weekend as well, uh, but they've just got to keep their hands up. You also has to get those boys rallied up again uh, next weekend. And our next matchup is... Canberra-Croatia 5, Canberra-Olympic 2 in the big derby. It's always a uh, feisty affair between these clubs. Always an exciting match. Kalfas, Kier, Barac, uh, South Amon goal, and Teneski with the goals for Canberra-Croatia. And then Kurzberg and Ihegi with the goals for Canberra-Olympic. Very, ta- very entertaining match of football, especially the first half, Michael. What did you make of this one? Yeah, you hit it there, Matt. Uh, it, was, it was a very entertaining half of football. So of the seven goals that were scored in this one, six of them came in the first uh, 45 minutes, which was uh, spectacular. Lived everything that you would have wanted to uh, in a derby. So, um, you know, Canberra Croatia had four of those uh, goals. But uh, if I'm being honest, it could have probably been a bit more had they been uh, more clinical uh, in the final third. Um, I mean, albeit it's still great to score four goals uh, in a half of football, but honestly, they could have uh, scored a fair few more if had they been a little bit more comp- composed. Sorry, uh, in, in front of goal, but um, they just looked so dangerous. Uh, it, it's what we've come to expect from Canberra Croatia when we watch them play. They just they've got the quality all over the park, but going forward, they're just um, an unstoppable force at times. And that 40, first forty five minutes was it, it displayed that to an absolute T. So. Um, you got to commend Danny Ugrinich and the uh, and that coaching staff and just that playing group because um, w- when they're on point, uh, they're, they're very very hard team to stop. And that, if you wanted an example uh, of that, then you just had to sort of sit there and watch the first forty five minutes because um, they were fantastic. And I think because of all the intensity and and the goals that you know popped up in the first half, it sort of the the tempo and intensity of the game dropped just a little bit in the second half. Uh, obviously, th- there was only one goal in the second half, and that came all the way in the 87th minute um, through uh, Tanescu, who just put the ball into an empty w- empty net uh, from the assist from Kista. So, um, although it didn't live up to the entertainment and the uh, you know um, the free flowing play that was on display in the first half, I mean, it, overall it was a fantastic uh, performance by Canberra Croatia. Um, especially considering their defeat to Belcon and United last week. I think that really would have stung them, uh, especially losing at home as well. So it was always important for them to come back uh, with a bounce back win. Uh, and I mean, on the, on the other side of the equation, you've got Olympic who are in a little bit of a rut now uh, for back-to-back defeats, uh, obviously conceding five goals uh, in their last two games as well. So that's, that's 10 in their last two. Uh, they're showing a little bit of defensive uh, frailties there. So they need to really tight, tighten things up. 
uh, at the back moving forward. So that'll be, I'm sure, um, at the forefront of their um, approach uh, next weekend. Yeah, uh, to be fair to Olympic, though, um, Nick Forst and Oli Vitica, both two of their defenders were out. Nick Force, we've mentioned in the first couple of rounds, especially, was an absolute yep. uh, beast in that midfield. Oli Vitica is another uh, great defender for them, brings a lot of experience to them. So they they just don't seem to be the same defensive side. Uh, sorry, they don't seem to put on the same defensive performances when they don't have those two those two key players in midfield. Um, they might be back this week, but they I was I was hearing that they might have been back uh, for this most recent match as well, but they weren't. They yep. weren't, so we'll have to wait and see for that one. But it just without those two, they don't seem like the same defensive side. Going forward, though, they seem, still seem to create some opportunities for themselves. Canberra, Croatia, Alan James still creating a lot of a lot of opportunities there for his side. He's really uh, shined this year. And, of course, Kurzberg, Heggy with that pace going in yep. behind. But uh, like you mentioned, their Achilles heel the last two matches has been their defense. So for them, they're going to be hoping that uh, Nick Forst and Vitaker are going to be back uh, sooner rather than later. If not, they're just going to have to rely on um, scoring more goals in their opposition, uh, which is always difficult when you're coming up against Canberra Croatia side that is coming back from a defeat themselves. And as we all know, when Canberra Croatia lose the next week, there that you can see like they showed this week, they're absolutely raring to go. So for Canberra Olympic, uh, a few things to work on. But if they yeah, if they can't get the defensive solidity, they're just going to have to um, sort of. Uh, focus on scoring more goals on the other team, which, like I said, will be easier when you're not facing the likes of Canberra, Croatia. Um, Michael, uh, what's our next matchup? Well, next matchup was a, it was another entertaining game as well. Uh, this one, th- th- this match was absolutely uh, fantastic. It was Belconi United three, Young Garland United three. I mean, a, a six goal thriller uh, at, at McKellar. Um, and, and I mean, this was just, all action-packed right from the get-go. I mean, we had two goals, uh, one from either side in the opening four minutes of play. So, I mean, if you're a spectator, spectator sorry, you would definitely getting your money's worth uh, there. Um, and uh, Belconnen uh, went ahead uh, just before the half-hour mark uh, after that first four minutes uh, where it was one apiece. Like I mentioned, uh, Bailey uh, scoring his second of the, of the game um, with a fantastic chip. Uh, over the keeper, he showed great composure there to put the ball in the back of the net, uh, being under that sort of uh, pressure where the ball's sort of like bobbling up and you can see the keeper coming out. Um, so sort of having that know-how of, you know, to get your body in position to uh, lift lift the ball over the keeper was fantastic. So I commend him for that, uh, that's for sure. Um, and the second half was very much like the first. I mean, this game was very end-to-end. Both teams had fantastic chances um, it, it wasn't one side just dominating the other. Um, it was a it was a great free uh, flowing game with both sides having their fair share um, of chances to certainly win this game uh, as well. So um, in the second half, we had uh, Namoski who beautifully placed um, uh, a left-footed shot uh, in, into the far into the far corner. Uh, he showed great composure there, just opened his body up and put it in the corner uh, to make it two-two. Uh, and obviously equalise, uh, get Gagalan to equalise for the second time in the contest. But um, they actually went ahead um, 3-2 with an even more special uh, goal uh, from Garang. And I mean, th- this goal was fantastic, Matt. 
um, in terms of just being outside the box. Uh, another left-footed uh, effort as well. So just uh, rifling a shot into the top corner uh, from outside the area, uh, giving them the lead. Um, you can see how much it meant to the players as well. We know that they've had a bit of a difficult start uh, to the season, uh, Gungahlin. So you could really sort of see the relief when they had scored that third goal to go eventually ahead in the game. Uh, but obviously uh, they weren't able to hold on uh, as Mensa equalised and made it three or four minutes later. Um, so both sides get the share of the spoils. I, I think based on the tempo of the game, like I mentioned, both sides sort of having their fair chance, sorry, fair share of chances, um, probably the right result uh, in the end. And I think it's one that either team probably won't be too disappointed about um, uh, going forward. I mean, uh, Belgrano and United obviously not able to build on that fantastic win they had against Canberra Croatia, but Bengal uh, and United who are in, in a bit need, they're in more of a need, sorry, to uh, pick up uh, a victory might be might find themselves a little bit disappointed, but uh, I think on the overall sort of scheme of the game, uh, a draw was probably a perfect reflection of uh, the proceedings. It, it certainly was an even game. I was I was in, tuning in and out when I was watching mm. it live, and like you mentioned, that grand goal. Wow, that just that was yeah. just absolutely terrific. One of the best goals of the weekend, probably the goal of the weekend, depending yeah. depending on what your choice was. There was a obviously the Borgner free kick, and there was another free kick in MPL uh, two as well. Uh, which we'll mention later uh, from the Brindies. So there was a lot of great goals, but that would probably probably be my choice for goal of the week from Garang. And you mentioned both sides probably won't be too annoyed with the draw. I, I think considering, obviously before the match they would have, but considering the match play, the way the match played out, both teams were leading, both teams were um, trailing. So considering like it was, they'll probably be happy um, or at least, you know, content, sorry, I should say, with a point. Yeah. Uh, very back, yeah, like you said, very back and forth. Um, I was intrigued when when Bailey scored straight away. I was intrigued to see how Gungal and United were going to react, and then literally a minute and a bit later, Bernabeu Madrid uh, yeah. gets the equaliser. So that's that that's exactly the response you want from your side if you are Marcel Munoz and Gungal and United. Uh, once again, that uh, the using using Darren Bailey as the attack, uh, the fullback, using him as as an attacker to replay uh, while Menza is out. It re- rewards again. He, they took advantage of the spaces they found in the Gangala defense and boom, um, took off with both those goals. Michael Menza did make his return in the last 30 or 20 or so minutes. He got on the score sheet. He made an impact as well, using his strength, using his, using his skill, using his experience also. So they'll be hoping, Belconnell will be hoping that he can stay fully fit moving forward. And then Darren Bailey, I'm sure will be moving back to fullback, but, it's been a pretty successful stint for uh, Darren Bailey so far. As you can see with my chat with uh, Fabian Michelli on uh, Facebook there, he mentioned how well he's, how well Darren Bailey has been in this, in this role. Putting Bailey there has allowed the likes of McCaw, the McCaw, of McCaw and, and Crescus and uh, Luca Flores to sort of shine on their central or, or wide roles. So it's worked in, uh, in regard for them. You mentioned Algangal and they need to pick up uh, some more points, so that's why I mentioned I'll probably only be content with the draw. But the fight that they showed in this in this in this match again shows that they do have the quality. It's just about getting that full you know that full ninety minutes ready. Um, so it's going to be look, it's going to be interesting. But 
it, it, this is what I mean. Such a competitive season, Michael. You don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. I think this was one of the most competitive matchups we've seen so far this year, it's safe to say. All right. Uh, what's our next matchup? For our final matchup uh, for this round uh, six was the Monero Panthers at home to Tuggeranong United, both teams sharing the spoils. 2-2 uh, in this one. Uh, Calabria getting a double from Monero, whilst Slavic and Peterkin got on the score sheet for the visiting team, Tuggeranong United. Uh, Matt, it's the second week in a row in which Monero have been able to uh, get points. Uh, we, we've t- already touched on the fact that they've struggled uh, to start the season, but uh, obviously a, a uh, victory last week uh, over Gungahlin United and now p- getting a point, uh, snatching a point really um, to, to Tuggeranong United, um, I'm sure uh, helps them in good stead. It would, but considering the way the match play, uh, played out, they'll be happy that they fought back to uh, to not lose this one. They probably won't be happy with the few with a few of the defensive mistakes. You see mm-hmm. both the Tuggies' goals, they capitalised perfectly on some of those defensive mistakes from Monaro. However, Lasse Ulrich, uh, one of their main defenders, was out and Tim Bobulus came off injured in about 60 minutes in. So hopefully that's nothing uh, too serious there in terms of Bobulus. Um but Calabria really stepped up their fullback today, putting in both the, uh, um, sorry, on Saturday, putting in both the goals. He had a fantastic, he did a fantastic job. In terms of the Tuggies, they do still have a match in hand, to be fair to them, when people look at their place on the table. Um, I said last week, Michael, it was, it was important for them to score first. They weren't able to get that victory, but already they're, they're going on the front foot, trying to score first, and they're putting, they're giving themselves a better a better, you know, a better platform moving forward. There was a major situation though in this matchup, a uh, bit of con- controversy when Jacob Wiseman came out, tried to clear the ball, uh, and it looked like he touched the ball outside the box. And as we all know, a keeper touches the ball outside the box, red card, immediate send off. Yep. It seemed like Bruno Kell uh, thought he hit his chest from the position he was in. Um. Yeah, from what I saw, it probably looked like a handball. Russ and Steve Forshaw on commentary seemed certain it was a handball. Uh, yeah, you don't like to talk about uh, decisions like this, but it was it was just before halftime and it was such a decision. Like I had a few people message me asking what I thought about this one, and you could see Frank, uh, you could see on the Bar TV, Frank Kasia, Ian Worthington there weren't uh, weren't very happy. Went straight up to Bruno Kell uh, straight away at halftime. It it was it was something that probably. Just before halftime as well, so I'm not sure what the halftime talk would have been like for for Frank and Ian there, but it definitely wouldn't have been a, a cheery one, that's for sure. Yeah, it was it's it, it was it was a it was a strange one. I'm assuming from Bruno's position, it's he 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 would have seen it and thought it was a thought it hit his chest, but uh, Russ kept referring to the linesman having his flag up, and Bruno didn't check to the linesman, so there was a it was just a bit of a uh, a bit of a contra- uh, controversial call, but and considering Monaro were one nil down at the time as well, so uh, that's yeah. definitely one thing they would have been, you know, aiming at. But you could see most of the players were just like, all right, let's let's just get uh, get on with it. But it, it, it is something that's going to hang over the match, considering um, considering the video footage there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, this matchup, Michael? Well, it's a shame they you know couldn't use VAR. Yeah, they could have maybe popped up to. Bar TV Sports and got them to re- rewind the footage for the referee to use. No, just kidding. But um, like, like I said, Matt, um, it's another 
I'd say half step forward for, for Monero, uh, especially considering they looked like they were on the brink of defeat and obviously Calabria grabbing his second goal of the game to rescue a point, I think does them um, does them some good, obviously. It's a, it's another point for them uh, going forward. So it'll all be, sorry, it'll be about sort of Monero just hopefully being able to just maintain a bit of consistency um, and not lapsing into the problems and errors that resulted in them enduring a difficult start to the season. So we just have to see how they come out next week. But I think a victory against Gungahlin United last week, taking a point uh, here when it looked like you weren't going to get any at all, uh, will probably do them a bit of good. Uh, obviously, there was controversy surrounding the the uh, decision that you went into detail there. I mean, we won't get into that uh, too much. We don't want to get into trouble. But, um, look, I think... It's another point gained uh, from there, and they've just got to they've just got to uh, really focus on building it a bit of consistency. I feel like, yeah, and that look, it's a point on the board as well, so that'll help them moving forward. And before we get our predictions, Michael, the ladders are completely up to date, so I'll quickly uh, go through this one. Bottom the top, just remember that Gungalan and Tugger and United both have. A match in hand still to play. So we've got Tagarong in eighth place, three points. Monaro in seventh place, four points. Bengalan United, sixth place with five points. Canberra Olympic in fifth place with seven points. West Canberra Wanderers in fourth place with 10 points. Belconnen United in third place with 11 points. Tigers FC in second place with 11 points. They have a plus seven goal difference. And Canberra Croatia in the top spot with 12 points. All right, Michael, before we get into these predictions, let's uh, go through the uh, how we went on the weekend, shall we? Uh, no, that's all right. You didn't get zero, so that's a positive. So, all right, so you got one, correct? Yeah. I got two, correct? So that means we are now tied at 7-7 seven, seven in our MPL1, and we'll mention our MPLW1s as well. Uh, we, all got th- we all got two. We all got okay. two, you, me, and Jeremy. So that means you, me, 17, you, 16, and Jeremy, 14. We're at a deadlock this week. Uh, Michael, what's our first matchup for next week? So we've got West Canberra Wanderers uh, at home to Belcon and United in what should be a great game uh, at Melrose Synthetic uh, this Saturday, May 22nd at 1.15pm. Uh, so it's a little bit later than the normal 12.45pm yeah. kickoff that we're accustomed to seeing. They changed it this week uh, late as well, like after we did the podcast. So I think this might be the new time moving okay, forward yeah. at Melrose. So half an hour kickoff later. It's still a pretty early kickoff from what we're used to. Yeah, most definitely. So I think this will be a great game. Uh, it, 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 it'll just be a matter of if West Canberra Wanderers are able to put the last couple of results behind them and really come out uh, strong against uh, this Belconi United team who have, had a, had a great season. They've been very good, played some great football, and they'll be raring uh, to go following that that draw with Gungahlin United. So I think in that perspective, given how both teams are performing currently, I'm going to side with Belcon United here. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a draw on this one. I think uh, West Canberra Wanderers have they've proved that they can um, step up to the occasion tigers seem like a bit of a steam train a bullet train at the moment they seem uh, near unstoppable in the last two or three matches so yeah i, I, I don't think wanderers 
uh, everything that they showed last week is the full them. And against someone like Belconnen United, I think they can. I think they can do pretty well. And Belconnen United, we all know their quality. And uh, more importantly for West Canberra, they're just going to be raring to go. They're going to prove that you know we're not the team that gets smashed like that uh, constantly. Yeah. So as they've proved so far this season, they're fourth place and ten points, and they've done really well. So I don't think last week shows everything that West Canberra is about. I'm going to go with the draw on this one. Yep. All right, let's move on to the second match, which is Canberra Olympic versus Tuggeranong uh, United. It's a it's tough a, one. This is a tough one to call, too. Uh, Saturday, May 22nd, 3 p.m. at O'Connor. It's very tough because I, I'm here sitting thinking, you know, 10 goals shipped in their last couple of games. They look very fragile defensively at the moment, uh, Canberra Olympic. They're missing the numbers in midfield, like uh, like you mentioned, uh, Matt. And I think Tuggeranong United on the on the cusp, so close to getting that victory that they so desperately uh, desire. I'm going to go with them this weekend uh, to to get a win uh, at at Canberra uh, Olympic. I'm going to go for them to get their first win of the season. Look, I think this is going to be this could very well be a high scoring affair. Yeah, Forston, if Forston Vitaker is still out as well, I still think it'll be a high-scoring affair in this one. There's not going to be a lot in this one, though. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with the Tuggies. The uh, Tuggies, eventually, they're eventually going to need to win a match. Um, and I think, like you mentioned, they're, they're, they're on the cusp. They're scoring earlier now. They're fighting back nearly every match that they're in, even when they go down early. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Tuggies win, but there's not going to be a lot in this one. It was a very tough one to call that one. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it really is. But um, it's going to be a great game, that's for sure. Next, we have Dungal United at home to Canberra, Croatia. Another fantastic game. Uh, this Sunday, uh, May 23rd, 3pm at AIS Grassfield 2. I'm going to go... Well, I'm siding with the away teams this week, it seems. Uh, so I'm going to pick uh, Canberra, uh, Croatia uh, to, to win... Uh, this one on the back of their uh, fantastic performance uh, against Canberra Olympic. Uh, but I think that this game will be close. And I wouldn't honestly be surprised if even United come away with a win uh, in this one. So uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be very close regardless. So I'm going to go with Canberra Croatia. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Canberra Croatia as well on this one. I think there's a little more incentive into this one for Gangala. Not only do they not get the win that they would have liked on the weekend and against Monaro, but this is the grand, you know, the rematch of the grand final as well. Uh, so especially for Marcel and 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 the assistant coach Cadge and the the senior players there that were there last year, they're going to be raring to go for this one. So I wouldn't be surprised if they can if they can get a victory themselves or if it's even a draw. But after last week, Canberra Croatia just in were just in a rare form. So there's not going to be a lot in this one as well. But I think Canberra Croatia might be able to nick it. All right, our last one, Tigers FC. Playing host to Monero Panthers at Nijong Oval uh, this Sunday, uh, 3 p.m. May 23rd. I'm going to go for a Tigers win. Uh, they're, they're in great form uh, at the moment. And from what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, uh, they're the informed side at the moment. Uh, so I'm going to side with uh, Tigers FC. It'll be interesting to see if they'll be able to put on another five-star, five-goal uh, performance. Uh, against a very resilient uh, Monero Panther side, like I mentioned previously, about them needing to starting 
needing to start to build a foundation of, of, of results after enduring a difficult start. So uh, I'm going to go with Tigers FC. So we've not picked all the away teams uh, th- this week. Uh, we got right right up to the end, but I, I couldn't I couldn't pick Monero. Uh, sorry, Frank, but uh, I've got to go with uh, Tigers on this one. Yeah, look, t- Tigers is looking very, very good form at the moment. Um, and if they can get another victory here against Monero, this fixture is reset and they're facing Canberra Croatia. So they they would put themselves in very good form heading into the side that's the top of the table. Benara still have a few players missing, like I mentioned, Ulrich. I don't think Habtamarium was there either. Jeremy Habtamarium there it was, wasn't there on the weekend either. Bobulus, I want to show him what his condition is yet either. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Tigers victory on this one, but Monaro definitely have the quality to pull something off. So um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Here for our MPLW segment, we welcome Maddie Moore on the show. Does a bit of commentary with Jeremy McGann and Russ Gibbs on the weekend as well. And he's coached in the past in MPLW. Knows the game very well between Belconnie United and CUA is where he's coached in the past. Maddie, thank you very much for joining us today. We're glad to have you on. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Thanks uh, to, to yourself and Michael for having me on. Uh, excited to, to make my debut. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to contribute a little bit of knowledge and, and some insight into into what I think's going on around town. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you will. Uh, there's a lot going on with uh, MPLW uh, this year uh, for sure. So Matt, should we, should we kick it off? We yeah, certainly should. Into it. What's the first one? Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll call you Matty. I'll be <laughs> back. <all> right. <laughs> this might be had, a bit difficult for me. So we had, we had this issue with when we had Michael Aldred on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I saw Michael, that one. Yeah. Michael. yeah. <laughs> All right, so Michael, what's our first uh, matchup? All right, so our first um, first game uh, of MPLW was um, a very entertaining uh, game, mate. We we mentioned the entertaining fixtures that were on display in MPL one, and that certainly carried over uh, into MPLW with uh, Canberra Olympic and Canberra United Academy playing a playing out a four four draw. So a very entertaining game. Um, Canberra Olympic, uh, Hardwick, uh, Sykes. Uh, and Cook with a double, uh, and CUA uh, scorers were uh, Hunt and Christopson with a hat trick, uh, Matt. So uh, a very entertaining game, like I mentioned, um, a share of the spoils, uh, but but a hat trick uh, on display, which is which is always uh, great to see. It it always is great to see. It was a high scoring matchup, like you mentioned. We're keeping up to date uh, with it, like I'm sure. Maddie was as well when you guys were doing commentary over at Canberra and yeah, it just went high up, down level. Uh, Canberra United score a few more goals as well. Uh, they, they seem to have this new intensity though with uh, Vicky Linton only being there for the last couple of matches. She's brought this new intensity to the side that they probably didn't have at the start, uh, at the start of the season. So it, it's good to see her impact on the squad. Canberra, Olymp- Canberra Olympic though did very well to fight back. I'm sure they'd be a little annoyed that they had to constantly fight back, though. But at the end of the day, they were at least able to get a point. And, yeah, Ali Cook's free kick, by the way, in the 86th minute, um, mm-hmm. that was a pretty good free kick to seal the points there. Maddie, how, how do you think this one played out, considering how both how both the, both the teams have entered this matchup? Yeah, I think, and you bang on about Ali Cook's free kick. It was a peach, wasn't it? Jeez, you could... Watch that on replay. More. We've had quite a few free kicks between MPL 1, 2 and W this week. A lot of free kicks. It's, it seems to be the, the theme this week. 
you know, I don't envy the person who's got to do goal of the year at the uh, at the end of the year. But yeah. um, no, the, the game itself yesterday was a was a really high octane game and and two very attacking minded teams, which is always excited to see. And I think you're spot on, Matt, about uh, Vicky coming in and uh, really taking that up to a, to another level. And and I think what she's also done at the same time is, you know, despite them leaking four goals, is she's actually created a bit of steel through that back four on that midfield. You can you can start to see them really driving in and willing to take those 1v1 moments defensively where they have to. And the, and the structure and the style of play is, is really phenomenal. And that ball speed that we're used to seeing from the academy and shifting players around has um, really come to the fore, especially in the last two weeks. They, they really worked Gungahlin over a little bit last week um, towards the back end of that game. And, and the way they're finishing games uh, must be really pleasing to, to Vicky. And, and on the flip side of that, uh, Nicole Sykes, I mean, you mentioned it coming from behind and coming from behind is it's frustrating uh, as a player and a coach, but the fact that they've got that mental, that mentality and that ability to drive through and actually create those opportunities, um, I think holds them in good stead for this, for the year as it goes on. And, and the really pleasing thing I think for, for um, Nick Begg would be that Ash Sykes didn't score three of the four goals. You know, they, you know, they had Hardwick and they had Cook pop up and it was a bit more of a well-rounded display. Um, from them and the addition of Tiana Miro there I think will only add um, as she starts to, to get used to it and we're starting to see from Olympic a, a group really come together who came together late so their pre-season really was probably started one or two weeks before the season and now we're sort of six rounds in and we're starting to see what they'll what they'll look like and and they're going to be uh, really pushing for that top four but but nothing but positives there a little bit of leaky defense but um, I think overall you'd You'd ask for a game like that every week as a neutral. As, as a coach, you'd, you'd rip your hair out. But as a neutral, that that's what you want to see and what we want to what we want to see going around town. One hundred percent. We've seen a few of the a few of the players that they brought in later into that preseason. One of them was Rachel Hardwick. I believe this is her first goal for Olympic. I, I, I might be might be wrong there. But how do you think she sort of transitioned into the squad, considering she came in a bit later than the rest of the new entrants? Yeah, I think, I think not too bad. She had a bit of a, a niggle early on in the year. I remember round two, she missed the Belconnen game, which really looked like it hurt them. So they, um, it, it's probably taken her a little bit longer to settle than, than um, the coaching staff would have liked. But that first goal, getting that sort of monkey off the back will be good for her because I think there was a lot of expectation for her to come in and take the pressure off Ash Sykes and really deliver that alternative goal scoring option that we haven't seen yet. But with niggling, I think it might have even been a hamstring injury sort of holding it back. If she's free from that now, it really does start to ask different questions because the focal point's been Sykes. And if you focus on Sykes and you leave Hardwick alone, it's really at your own your own peril. And with Miro running through that midfield, she'll be able to actually create that dynamic and, and split that midfield with a run or a pass. So it's going to be a tricky situation and one to watch in the next probably month. I think we'll really get a good understanding of, of what Olympic look like and where they might be headed. And and, and we and you mentioned Mira there. We certainly saw that um, that flexibility that all the players really had at Gungahlin United, and she was one of them. Like a, there's a few of the matches, she was best in midfield, but she could play up top if you needed her to do it. She could play on the wings, so she has that flexibility there for Nicole Begg, to say the least. And but both sides looking very good going forward, which is uh, always great for the neutrals, like you mentioned there. All right, Michael, our next matchup, Canberra, Croatia, six, West, uh, sorry, Wagga City Wanderers, zero. We have Palombi with two goals, Barach, Jones, Hagen, and Bissett. 
They're all the goals all together there. Another big scoreline for Canberra Croatia, but Wagga held them out for a little bit, didn't they, Michael? Yeah, they did. And I think uh, it, it's something that we've touched on uh, a, a fair bit uh, with sides that, that come up against uh, the, the you know, Canberra Croatias and the, and the Bill Connons where um, they might leak a goal early um, or they might be able to shut them out for a long period of time. And I think th- this game was another classic example of that where Canberra Croatia obviously took the lead in the 14th minute through uh, Palombi, but uh, Wagga City uh, displayed a great, um, you know, resilience and effort to hold on uh, in that match and, and put in a, a great shift for as long as they could. So, um, you know, it, it was 1-0 right up until uh, the, the 52nd minute. And obviously that's when, um, you know, uh, they fell away a little bit, uh, Wagga City, and then there was that period there where, um, you know, Jones, uh, Hagen and Brissett scored three goals in the space of eight minutes. Uh, that which really just pulled pulled them away and secured them uh, victory. But I think as easy it is to concentrate on um, the gl- glaring sort of uh, highlights of Canberra Croatia winning yet another game convincingly six nil and putting the ball in the back of the net. I think it's also important to underline uh, what great effort, effort and and team uh, performance Wagga were able to actually. Uh, put in for that game for the for the large majority of time that they were able to keep that close at one nil and and really put in a a great effort there. So um, I must uh, commend them uh, on that for sure. Uh, Maddie, what were your uh, thoughts on this one? Like I said, I think it's easy to sort of get carried away with how good uh, Canberra Croatia have been, and we're sort of used to uh, seeing them put six goals on 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 any side um, when they're on their day, but. At the same time, uh, I think it's important to yeah recognise the the effort that Wagga were able to uh, put forward in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, this game was almost a little bit like the round one game that Wagga had against Belconnen United, where I think it ended up a similar scoreline, but hmm. that scoreline didn't really represent the, the quality of the game that we saw and the effort that, that Wagga put in. You know, you mentioned that it was it was 1-0 up until the 52nd minute and that and that aggressive press that they had um, and, and that high line that they liked to play was, was really advantageous to them. And I think it rattled Canberra Croatia a little bit, especially on the back of a big week that they've had those back-to-back games against Belconnen. And, and it was always potentially a bit of a, a bit of a banana peel game for them if they didn't quite get it right, especially ringing in the changes, you know, Fogarty and Gill in particular, you know, sitting on the bench, you know, waiting to be introduced if, if needed, but full credit to Wagga City, it's proof again that, that they can compete and, and it's hard as a player to play that high octane, high press, high line football for, for 90 minutes. But again, the, the amount of show that, that if they can find the timing right in terms of when to maybe do that high line and high press and when to give themselves a little bit of a break. And, you know, that might be going against, you know, Sam's principles a little bit there at Wagga, but if they can find the medium there, that they're, they're actually going to be quite disruptive disruptive and a little bit destructive at the same time as well. So I give full credit to, to Wagga City there, especially, you know, we, we, we've seen teams in the past, you concede one, especially against the Canberra Croatia, you know, then you concede three or four in a, in a bunch. And the fact that they were able to reset and go again, go into the break one nil um, down and then, yep, fell away at the back end and no doubt travel and things like that, which is always going to be a problem for Wagga um, played a factor there. But um, full full credit to them, and, and I think if you ask some of the Canberra Croatia players um, after the game, they they knew that they had a battle despite what the uh, scoreline might might say. Yeah. 
Most definitely. I think um, just to sort of concentrate on uh, Palombi, um, obviously another goal for her. And I mean, we've been saying it, uh, well, Matt and I have been saying it most, um, you know, most of the time when we're talking about MPLW, but we always see her name uh, on the score sheet. We always talk about how much of a great uh, player she is. And for me, she's probably, you know, up there with probably being the MVP uh, of the MPLW season so far. Can you sort of just talk about um, her quality uh, as a player and just how much uh, she means to this Canberra uh, Croatia outfit? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think probably this weekend was a great example of that with Grace Gill not leading the line. It, it really fell heavily on on um, Palombi there. And and she did a lot. She she created a few things. She got the goal as, as we almost expect now, week in, week out. And, you know, we're probably surprised she only got one because we're used to seeing her get you know, a, a big group, but her influence on this game or on this club can't be underestimated. Um, she really is that that wider outlet that really allows everything to to flow to them. And and the key for Canberra Croatia is to get her in those 1v1 situations. Um, and the bonus for her is that more often than not, she's got Churchill sitting in behind her and she knows that she's got that solid defensive unit behind her. That means she doesn't have to, worry as much about her defensive responsibilities as she may, as other wingers may do at other clubs and the fact that they can leave that high line. And, and it just makes things really, really difficult for, for opposition coaches because you, you might want to release your wide defender, but you can't afford to leave Britt Palombi, you know, on her own. And, and if you release that person and, and you slide over, if you, if you slide two defenders over, then you've got Grace Gill, you know, normally in the middle, middle or Fogarty as well, who can, Burnley with pace and and I think the addition of Fogarty has really helped Palombi because they've got that really aggressive wide outlet that they probably didn't have last year when they lost Goldstein when she went to New South Wales um, so the balance there on both sides of the park in terms of pace and explosiveness um, means that you've got to be really accountable in that back four and and you're absolutely right Michael she's not the MVP she'd be racking up a lot of votes and becoming really really close in there and and I don't think, I don't think Canberra Croatia probably win a championship last year without, to to be honest. And yeah, I, I guess that statement right there just obviously highlights um, her importance. Uh, Maddie, uh, it, well, Matt, sorry. Uh, any uh, any thoughts on uh, on this one? No, you guys mostly summed it up quite well. I just had a question for Maddie. Mm. We, we've out of all the scorers, we've talked about most of them quite a few times on the show. We haven't talked about Bella um, Barash too much. She's been in and out with a few injuries. Uh, she got a goal in today. She uh, handled it very well when the ball came into the box. Not a, not, a, not a great ball as well. Handled it very well. Put it in the back of the net. Uh, how do you think she's sort of integrated in this team, coming back from a pretty big injury herself? Yeah, I've been really pleased to see um, Bella Barash sort of develop. You know, I'll admit there's a little bit of bias here. I spent a few years working with her at the academy, and, and she's certainly one of the most technical players we, we've ever been uh, lucky to see in, in our region and and she's been hampered horrifically by knee injuries you know for, for a number of years and and to see her actually come back in into the game and and see that technique like you're mentioning Matt around that goal being able to bring it down and, and bury it is um is really pleasing and and you would hope that it sort of gives a bit of a I guess a pathway for, for Nick Brosnich and the guys as well with with Barrich and, and people like that coming through um, for someone who could have quite easily have said, you know, I'm a, I'm a teenager, I'm young, um, I've had a bunch of knee problems, I'm going to give the way, game away. For her to come back and, and start to have an influence is pleasing. And I think she's probably in the right environment. 
as well with the girls like uh, with, with Grace Gills and your Palombis and your Chantel Joneses who have all had to come back from injuries here or there and they've played at really, really high levels and they can give her that guidance. But she's always been someone that I've sort of considered a bit of an X factor there um, or, or anywhere that she's played because if you're caught in a tight contest it's one all you're one nil down you've got 10 minutes to go she's that kind of player a little bit like Brit Palombi but in a slightly different way she's not going to necessarily rely on her explosiveness like Brit but she'll she's got more bags of tricks than you can imagine to absolutely skin you and pop one away in the top hand you know in the top right hand corner and and she could be in those crunch games semi-finals you know Fed Cup finals coming up she might be the one that produces that little bit of magic and um, but yeah, better than that, it's, it's great to see her back out there and, and it looks like she's enjoying her football as well, which is the main thing. It, it certainly is great to see that. And the next matchup we have, what is it, Michael? Yeah, so we had Gungahlin United against West Canberra Wanderers and the Wanderers are picking up a valuable uh, away win, uh, 1-0, uh, courtesy of Edwards uh, finding a goal there in the 87th uh, minute, Matt. So it's another uh, win for West Canberra. Uh, Wanderers, uh, so it's their fourth win in a row, uh, which includes their midweek Fed Cup uh, semi-final victory over the same opposition in Gungahlin. Uh, so uh, a great stretch uh, it's proving uh, to be for West Canberra, isn't it? it? It Look, it certainly is, and yeah, the the confidence there must be absolutely beaming right now. You mentioned the four wins on the trot. Uh, unfortunately for Gungahlin, it's sort of the exact polar opposite now. If you include the Fed Cup, it's four losses for them now in a row, and West Canberra Wanderers just seem to have the um, just seem to have the edge over Gungahlin United. Like uh, so, that's three matches in a row now, competitively anyway. That West Canberra Wanderers have gotten the victory over them, if you include last year as well, uh, which Jeremy and I called that matchup as well last year, and we called this one also. And different coaches, bit of a different team to what they had last year, but this one was a closer matchup than we saw uh, then. It was. So essentially, West Canberra Wanderers, I would say, used the high press, pushed uh, Gangali United quite a bit. Uh, they were, and then immediately defensively, immediately they came back. So the high press you saw on this occasion didn't affect them defensively. You still got Tiana Jaber going down that full back role, whipping in those balls. She had a re- she had really good um, she had a really good interplay with Mackenzie there on the wing. She's she's also been really good this year, Mackenzie. For West Canberra, their issue were was in the first half. Everything they shot a lot from outside the box, and they just weren't able to get it inside the box. So credit to Gungahlin United for keeping out their defensive solidity. In terms of Gungahlin United, though, it didn't really go their way in terms of or constantly being pressured by West Canberra. But they did create some of the better chances in the matchup. Like okay, Tolu had a fantastic free kick. They hit the crossbar. She stood there stunned for at least thirty seconds, thinking, "How did that not go in?" And they also had another great opportunity. I, I believe it was Elka at another one, if I'm not mistaken. So they had their opportunities. Uh, Diego sort of switched up in the second half, brought Stella DeMarco back instead of having her out wide, brought her back into the into central midfield so she could sort of create a bit. And they did create more chances as well with Stella being in central midfield and Erica went back out to the wing, like sort similar to what we saw last season. At the end of the day, though, it was this was a very close matchup. There wasn't much separating them, but a little little anecdote before I pass it on to uh, Maddie. Oh, at halftime, uh, 
I was chatting to Liz Edwards' dad, and she scored the goal today. And he's and it was still nil under half, nil nil at half time. He's like, "Oh, are you doing commentary today? I look forward to you and uh, you and Jeremy calling uh, Liz scoring the winning goal." And uh, <laughs> oddly, and funnily enough, that's that's what ended up happening. Emma Stanbury had a terrific shot from outside the box. It ruffled uh, Kaylee Tanini, and then in came Liz Edwards immediately to poach and put it in the back of the net. So great stuff there from Edwards and great uh, initial play there from Emma Stanbury to sort of force that out. Uh, Maddie, how'd you see this one play? And, and I'll, I'll ask later what I was going to ask. Yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting one. I, when, I, when I came home last night and watched the game and the, and the thing that really stood out to me in the first half were those long range shots from, from um, West Canberra, which, which caught me by surprise because I thought Tonini wouldn't, I wouldn't bother her, her too much, but um, they they certainly were were quite aggressive. West Canberra in their in their defensive structure, and, and you're right about Mackenzie. She just seemed to wreak havoc, and she seemed to have a bit of that license to drift. And every time she got one v one with Sander, especially in that in that wider area, she she wasn't afraid to take it on. I think she even got a brilliant nutmegs at one point yeah. to to get out of trouble, which is always which is always fun to see. But um, Maguire was another one who really caught my eye yesterday as well I thought thought she had a had a really good game and and it appears quite evident that Stanbury's taken a really pragmatic approach she was pretty vocal early on that you know she got the gig late she wasn't really sure that you know she she had every sort of tool that she wanted but she seems to have taken a really strong approach of having that defensive block organized and ready to go so they've got a base to build off you know that old sort of fashion mentality if you if you don't concede you can't lose um but at the same time, she's allowing those players with a bit of explosiveness like like McKenzie to to really ask some really, I guess, tricky and interesting uh, interesting questions there. And and it probably I've probably been a bit surprised, like pleasantly surprised by West Canberra so far this year. I, I didn't think they certainly didn't think they'd be in a Fed Cup final um, with the draw that they had. Um, but you're right about them having the wood on on Kangal and and I think you've got to start to look at West Canberra and the way that they're going as a real genuine top four contender where I probably would have said if you asked me before round one I would have said if they got fifth it's probably a good year but the way it looks at the moment if they don't make the four they're probably disappointed with the way that Stanbury's got them going and and all credit to her I can't imagine being a, a player coach it sounds like the most horrendous job on the face of the earth but she's uh-huh. pulling it off really really well yeah actually as someone who has coached before how would you how would, you, how, how would you deal with that sort of being? I mean, a be, you need a good, you need a good, you need a good assistant <laughs> on. You need a good assistant on the side, which she, which she uh, has praised before her assistant that she has there on the side. Yeah, and she must have a great assistant because I would have either sacked myself as a player or been sacked as a coach. I think two weeks in, if I tried to pull that off. Um, but it, it really must be the communication be, between her and, and her lieutenant must be absolutely spot on, and they must really trust the, each other because there'll be things that Stanbury won't be able to see while she's out on the field. She'll just just the nature of the game and, and that connection that, that they have an understanding and must be really good. And they must have a really strong shared philosophy, I think, which is the key um, there. And, and they obviously seem to, to be really well in sync because there's no drastic changes from first half to second half. Um, and, and they've really settled into a, to a nice rhythm. And, and on the other side, you've got Gungahlin United who are, who are starting to, to really stutter. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know I was certainly really excited about the Michelle Heyman news along with everybody else and really thought that was the missing piece of the puzzle um, potentially for them given their form in the last couple of years and just not quite being able to get over the line. But 
it seems that there's a little further tinkering to do because Michelle might um, not be the the answer to all their questions if they can't deliver the ball at the moment. Most most definitely. I, I think just to sort of keep on the conversation of Gungal and United, you, you mentioned there, Matty, that they're in a bit of a bit of a rut uh, at the moment. Um, I, I don't think they endured anything like this uh, last season, from what from what I can remember, going on a on a stretch like this where. Um, I had, I, well, I know personally I had uh, high hopes for them uh, this year. And, you know, like you said, with the Michelle Heyman news, it sort of seemed like the final piece in the jigsaw uh, for them to really push for the title. Uh, but we're seeing them in a, in a moment where uh, they're, they're really struggling uh, to, to get themselves out of this position that, that they're in. And um, I'm sure that um, Diego Iglesias is really trying to uh, figure that out. Uh, but, I mean, how do they sort of think about trying to uh, put things together to try and get themselves out of this um, rut that they find themselves in? They've obviously got the quality uh, that, to, to do it. They've got great players in, the, in that team, but it just seems as though it's not really working out for them in this period of time. Um, so is there anything that, that you can pinpoint or that, that you can see that, um, that will help them potentially get out of this, that, in, in this rut that they're in at the moment? Yeah, I think I think one of the interesting things in the last probably this so far this year, and definitely on the weekend, is some of the personnel changes they they've made. So um, obviously, Steffi Legends is an interesting one for me, who who pinch hit in that centre back role towards the back end of the year when um, they had some injuries, and and she sort of stayed in there for most of the most of the year. And um, I'd be interested to see if they start to look at bringing somebody. Um, you know, like Ratowski back into the sort of central defensive area just to, because her and Percival actually a couple of years ago had a really strong sort of block. They're not your ball playing centre backs. They're probably more your traditional win the ball and go. But mm. that little bit of extra steel might just give the confidence to the others around. And, and that gives you the opportunity to push legends out wide, whether it be in a wing back role or a, or a high striker role where we know that she can be so deadly. Um, and it was interesting to see the the Percival, uh, sorry, not the Percival, uh, the Pennyfield move into midfield on the weekend. And it almost sort of appeared, you know, from the outside looking in, haven't had a conversation with Diego, that they were trying to match almost a little bit of physicality in there with Corbett, Pennyfield and, and Nat DeMarco. I'm a little bit worried that they might be over overpowered. But I think the evidence of what Stella DeMarco in particular can do when she came back into the middle of the park, they, they really started to gel a little bit more. You've got that, you know, DeMarco, DeMarco connection and we know what a good player Corbett is, but I just think Stella being out wide um, doesn't really give the, her the best opportunity to shine or give them the creativity. And, and, I, and I think DeMarco's Stella DeMarco in particular, her physicality is a little bit underrated. She just looks small, but it's one of those things where she's been small her whole life. Right, so she knows how to how to handle those situations, and and she's got the ability to unpick the the best of locks. And I think it's a little bit of going back to going back to your roots and going back to to what's worked previously. And you know, this, uh, Diego won't be panicking in, in any way, shape, or form. He's a, he's a top notch coach, but they might just need to go back to a little bit of that setting that, especially that central area foundation, um, and in the in the defence, and then allowing. That, that midfield to, to really pick the lock. And we haven't seen as much rotation, I don't think, this year as we saw last either, which has been interesting. And, and the one thing that I think will bother Diego is the goal that Matt mentioned. Stanbury's whipped it in 
And Legends has actually been caught, no offense to, to Legends, but she's been caught too far towards that near post and has exposed the wide defender. And they've got sort of three West Canberra players ready to pounce on any spill ball and they react to it. Whereas Gungahlin's not reacting until West Canberra are moving to the ball and that's too late. And that's the, that'll be an element of concern for them because they haven't quite got that back four set. And if you've got two traditional centre-backs in there, um, you might get that positioning a little bit um, more on point, which might help solve some of those problems. All right, it, it's a tricky thing. Who'd be a coach, eh? No, I can imagine. It, it, it certainly is. And you mentioned the reaction um, not, not long before that. I think it was like 10 minutes before that goal. There was a similar one where no one was at the back post and immediately you could hear, it was I think it was Tiana Jaber and, and Emma just say, we need someone on the back post, we need someone on the back post. You could hear them from where the top where we were. And yeah, and then I agree with what you said about Stella. Her physicality is quite underrated because in a lot, she wasn't just playing in a one midfield role last year. Sometimes she was in the center, then the left, then the right. She had a different role every single time. And she 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 wins a ball back a lot, you know, like eight out of 10 times whenever she does. And last year, she was one of the best players in the league, in my opinion, just with the creativity she brought. Uh, she was she fantastic through balls, fantastic balls over the top. And you saw that uh, in this one. I, I felt like, in the previous match, especially the first couple, they were playing against defenses that weren't as compact as West Canberra or as like against Belconnen as well was another example. So they were probably, a, it allowed them to play Stella further forward and then Nat can link up with Stella further forward and Pennyfield can try something different in the midfield and she can with her uh, long range efforts on goal. It probably works against the non-compact defenders uh, defenses. Uh, but against the compact ones like West, uh, West Canberra and Belconnen and probably against uh, Canberra Croatia as well, it probably won't uh, work out as well in that regard. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what, once Michelle does arrive and, and we hope that's, that's soon, how the Elka Atulu um, aspect plays out because I think she's probably a really devastating midfielder. She, yeah. She's a good nine, don't get me wrong, but I think if... If she's playing that high midfield role and they're starting to ask questions about physicality, she can certainly bring that there. And, and she can that, score from anywhere. That's right. And, and it allows you to sit Stella a little bit deeper to be that ball winner and break up plays and, and really release everybody. does beg a question about what happens to Corbett and, and Nat DeMarco. They're probably fighting for, for one spot potentially there. But, um, yeah, interesting times ahead. Um, and, and you just hope that they can turn things around the next couple of weeks. So they're not too far behind when when Michelle Heyman does arrive because when she was announced, I thought this might be a Gungahlin team that's going to break into a top two and they want to be careful they don't get caught in a scrap with, you know, themselves, um, the Academy, uh, Woden West, uh, sorry, West Canberra and Canberra Olympic for, you know, the last two kind of final births. It'll be interesting to see how they line up anyway against Canberra Croatia, which you're calling this weekend, I believe, with, with Jeremy and the final match, which you called with Russ was Tuggeron United, sorry, Belconnen United six, Tuggeron United zero, Clark, Backhouse, McGlashan, Thornton with two goals and Ryan with another goal. Michael, what happened in this one? Well, I think it was an important win for Belconnen, uh, considering the two straight losses that they endured to uh, Canberra, Croatia. And we know that those two, uh, uh, at the top of the uh, of the echelon in terms of the MPLW comp, uh, competition um, and, and sort of the mental um, aspect that plays into that in terms of when you have um, that that advantage and that edge. Uh, so I think it was really important uh, for Belcon and United uh, to bounce back 
uh, and put in uh, a strong performance, which they obviously did by scoring uh, six goals uh, and considering obviously the, the two losses that they had, uh, two straight losses, sorry, to, uh, to Canberra, Croatia. Uh, they, they kept pressing and they eventually broke down, um, you know, the Tuggies' uh, re- resilience, um, you know, to, to romp uh, six goals past. Um, Michaela Thornton's uh, two goals were especially um, fantastic uh, strikes from, you know, well outside the box. So uh, kudos to her. Um, you know, tug- on the other side of things, uh, Tuggers did, um, you know, especially well in the first, you know, half an hour to keep Belconnen uh, out uh, in, in this encounter and, you know, uh, probably could have had a player advantage after uh, Karen Clark uh, took down uh, Maddie McGee, only to be given a yellow uh, card. But um, you know, they Tigers did create uh, quite a few chances of, of their own, which was great to see. Uh, a lot of positives uh, for for them uh, to take out of this game, and I think it's not, you know, th- there are um, those positives that they can take out, even though the scoreline you know, suggests something very different. I think it's always important to really delve in deeper uh, more than what the scoreline suggests and to really sort of, especially in the position that Tuggeron United find themselves in, I think it's always important. Um, Although they obviously want to win football games, it's a matter of them just continuing to develop and really just, I think, week by week, finding things that they're improving on, uh, identifying the areas in which they're doing really well and then wanting to focus in on that and, and keep progressing in that way as well. So, uh, Maddie, how did uh, you obviously commentated this one uh, with Russ, like uh, Matt mentioned? Uh, how, how did you see this game uh, playing out? Yeah, it's, it's probably a lot like, and you mentioned, Mog, it's probably a lot like the Wagga City Canberra Croatia mm-hmm. game where the, the score is probably not an accurate reflection of, of what happened. And, and the first goal scorer on the list, Karen Clark, is probably the hot talking point, you know, as you mentioned. I, you know, don't like to be critical of officials, but pretty stunned that she didn't um, get a red card. And and I spoke to to Karen uh, last night, and she admits that she's uh, probably the luckiest footballer in the world on the back of that decision. And and the fact that she went on to score and assist compounds it. But that was a really critical moment because prior to to that yellow card in the twentieth, for for all for all tense and purposes, it looked like Tuggeron were going to be taking the lead. There was at one point there where. Thornton's taken a shot and it's hit the post and uh, Tugger and have counted and McGee's one-on-one and she's just put it to the left-hand side and, and missed. And and Paolo Romero, the new, the new coach sitting in the in the dugout for the first time watching, I don't think he was actively coaching yesterday, he must have been thrilled with with what he saw. And, and Russ and I made the comment a couple of times, we can't believe Tugger has only scored one goal. McGee is an out-and-out threat there and and they really exposed the back three of Belconnen as well. So, you know, Jazz Zabel coming back for a first game from, from some concussion issues. Karen Clark having to back up from Wednesday night. And Maria Pachi making a starting debut. Um, those three having to cover the, um, the space there, they, they got caught out a couple of times. And you would normally say in a, you know, a 2v1 situation where it was to the advantage of the defenders, you'd probably try and steer clear, but it certainly wasn't the case for Tuggerong. They looked to find McGee and uh, Williams in particular. Those two looked absolutely threatening and and Condon at the back was a, was a rock for them all day. We could hear barking out instructions and really trying to keep them structured and, and they were brilliant. I think they got hurt in the second half when Zoe Terry in particular, she had to come off with a bit of a knee injury. Um, not the best birthday present you could you could have, but um, they lost a bit of that ability to, to counter attack through there. Um, 
But on, on the flip side, um, Michael Sikoski will be will be happy to get the result. And I think that's what it would have been about for, for them after two back-to-back losses and a and a hard um uh, and a hard recovery period. And I don't know if Russ put the fear of God into Michael when he mentioned the last time that Belconnen lost it was one nil at Tuggerong. You know, it was Ant's undefeated season ruined. Um, so I'm not sure what Michael was thinking as he saw McGee streaking away one v one against Esposito. Um, but again, their, their class shone through. And, and whether Clark gets sent off or not, we, we might still end up with the same result. We'll never know. But the Tuggerong United would be absolutely thrilled. And, and the class of, of someone like Michaela Thornton really started to, to show through. I know she hates being called old, so I'll call her experienced. Um, and that was that was vital for, for them. And it, it does make you wonder a little bit because when you go back and watch the footage, she was absolutely everywhere and she did a lot of the cleaning up towards the back end of that first half to get them out of trouble. If she's not there, who's the next Thornton? And that's the sort of things that uh, Michael and the team will be thinking out, uh, thinking of. But they'll, uh, it was an entertaining game, that's for sure. And and the key thing for Belconnen is they got the victory and now they can hopefully reset and go. And, and they got a couple of youngsters, their, their first days of first grade football as well, which is always good. Matt, uh, any, any thoughts on uh, this match? No, you guys mostly uh, summed up pretty well. I guess my question to Maddie before we move on to the previews is you mentioned uh, Paolo Romero there. He's been he's been involved in the women's game before, coaching at United, I believe, uh, before Diego. And he was involved at Belconnen United last year as well uh, in the men's uh, department. He's also coached at Brenda Bella as well, I believe, just from what I know about him when I've, the the one time I've met him, so well, what do you think he's going to bring to this uh, Tuggerang United side? Yeah, he'll give, he'll give a lot of he'll bring a lot of experience and and quite a lot of structure. It'll be very different to Michael Aldridge. You know, Michael had his ways, and Michael was good. I got the ultimate respect for Michael. I'm not sure we'd have a a on women's outfit without him now, given all the effort that he put in. But but Paolo will certainly stamp his own uh, mark on on this, and I think what you'll start to see is is potentially a little. A little bit more work from the the back the back four into the midfield three. They'll, they'll certainly look for a little bit more combinations, and I think he'll try and uh, use players like Terry when when she's available and Bozanoska in particular to try and overload in in wide areas. Um, and I think the key that it, you know if if he's thinking along the, the same lines as, as I am, if if he can get Bozanoska and Oscar and Terry um, and uh, you know potentially uh, the Daisley girls uh, facing forward a little bit earlier with some angled balls in behind to McGee and Williams. They're actually going to cause a lot of trouble. Um, I think first and foremost, though, he's got to make sure that um, he's got that defensive block set. And and for them, it'll be about winning like small moments. And, and that was some of the things I had in my notes for the game yesterday. And I think Tuggeron did a really good job of that. They won little moments. They won little 1v1 battles. They got in behind. They created chances. And that'll be, you know, the the next sort of things for them to build off. Um, but there's no doubt there's a core there, and and you just hope that the Paolo's there, there, and he's given time, just like Michael Aldridge was, to to sort of start to build and and grow from there. You know, I hate to think that he's a that he's at an appointment just for the end of the year and and doesn't get a chance to build off. So hopefully they give him the chance to breathe and and create his own style. But his experience will be invaluable to them. Um, there's no doubt. It'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what he does with this team because like you guys mentioned, there's a lot of positives heading out of that match and throughout the season as well, they take a little bit of positives and they'll move forward. All right, on to the previews and predictions for this week. 
Belconnor United, West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, May 22nd, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. I'll start with Jeremy as he sent them in to me. Jeremy thinks it'll be a draw. I'm going to agree with him on this one. Belconnor United, as we all know, have a lot of quality. They got the win back. They got their mo- a bit of their momentum back. But, geez, West Canberra at the moment, they're absolutely on fire. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with the draw on this one. But either side, I think, can pull this one, uh, pull away with this uh, victory. Michael? Yeah, I, I'm just going to go with the inform uh, side at the moment. So I'm, I'm going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers win. It, it'll be a massive win if they're able to get it uh, as well. So I'm going to side with the with the with the side with the outfit. Sorry, that's uh, built some great uh, momentum. Uh, and even though it'll be a tough ask for them to travel to McKellar and, and get a win away from home, um, they, they've been playing some excellent football uh, recently. We talked about the. Um, wins that they've uh, picked up, especially against Gungahlin United uh, in the Cup and in the league. So um, I'm going to go for West Canberra Wanderers. Matty? Yeah, look, this this is going to be a, a cracker of a game. I, I get the feeling that, that at home, Bill Connor might just sneak a little 2-1 victory. I think it'll probably be a come-from-behind one. And, and, and I think the key thing there is that, um, you know, given, you know, that, West Canberra's had a couple of games against Gungahlin who aren't quite in form and Belconnen really looking to to drive and build off the back of what they did yesterday. I think they might just have a touch too much um, when the game comes on the line. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeremy's right um, with, with the draw, but I, I think Belconnen might just sneak it at the, at the back end. We all had a different uh, pick there. That's great. And next up, we've got Canberra Croatia, Gungahlin United, Sunday, May... Uh... 23rd, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Jeremy says a draw for this one. I think Canberra Croatia recently have just been on a roll. Uh, they're, they're, they're probably, it's safe to say they're a lot, them along with West Canberra are the most informed team of the moment in MPLW. I'm going to go with Canberra Croatia on this one. Michael? Yeah, I, I have to agree with you uh, there, Maddie. Again, I'm just going with the side that ha- has the momentum uh, they've obviously had those um, fantastic back-to-back wins uh, against Belconnen, uh United, uh, their most recent uh, performance, uh, obviously, uh, as well, uh, just highlights that. So um, I, I think we touched on the fact that Gungahl and United are in a really sort of difficult uh, period right now, and it certainly doesn't get easier playing uh, Canberra, Croatia away from home. So um, even though uh, I, I do believe and feel confident in the fact that they will bounce back eventually. I just don't think it'll be uh, this weekend against a tough opposition in Canberra, Croatia. Matty? Yeah, I, I, I have to go with the Canberra, Croatia victory here here as well. I just think Gungahlin's just just not quite humming yet. And Canberra, Croatia with, you know, Grace Gill, Olivia, Olivia Fogarty being rested essentially this weekend and only playing a few minutes. They've got a bit of extra recovery time and, just haven't quite seen yet how Gungarland's going to be able to score enough goals to win uh, at the moment, and and that's the that's the thing for me. Yeah, I, I agree. They'll 100% bounce back, but uh, I don't think it'll be this week. All right, and next up we have Wagga City Wanderers, Canberra United Academy, Sunday, May 23rd, 2:30 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Jeremy says see you away for this one. I'm going to agree with him on this one. I think see you away just have this rare intensity. Um, not not. Uh, no, sorry, not rare intensity. They have this um, new intensity under Vicky Linton. And I think the high line of Wagga City will probably really come into CUA's hands on this one, on this occasion. I'm going to go with CUA. Michael? 
Yeah, I have to agree uh, with this one. I mean, you, you touched on, you know, the, the recent uh, coaching addition uh, there and the sort of newfound uh, confidence and, and swagger that they're, that they're playing with and, and, the, and the intensity as well to go on top of that. Um, even though we touched on the fantastic effort, uh, sorry, the fantastic effort of uh, Wagga City Wanderers uh, this past weekend, but um, I, I'm going to go for CUA uh, away victory. Matty? Yeah, I'm going to go CUA as well. I think this game will probably be a bit of a press-a-thon um, between <laughs> these two teams. They'll be, they'll be pressing left, right and centre. Everybody's going to be shattered at the end of this one. But uh, I think the the high line probably plays into Canberra United Academy's hands a little bit with the likes of Hunt, uh, Christopherson and, and Grove as well. We, we saw against Canberra Olympics, she was making some really nice runs from deep and and coming uh, from deep and getting beyond the back four and Steffi Nikias in particularly from the centre back role was feeding her. And I think with Letitia Babic in behind as well, they might just create a, a, enough havoc. And, and again, I'm not still 100% sure where Wagga's goals are going to come from to get enough to, to beat the academy. And next up, we've got Tuggeron United, Canberra Olympics, Sunday, May 23rd, 3.10pm at Canberra 201. Jeremy says Olympic. I'm going to agree with him on this one. I'm going with Olympic. Olympic, uh, with, with, in terms of Tagorong, still got their new coach. I think it's just going to find him a little bit of time to get used to the squad, get used to the um, get used to the system. They will eventually get their first win. I, I have no no doubt about that. I don't think it's going to come against Olympic though. They've 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 had an unlucky draw in terms of uh, in terms of Olympic the way they've gone, but they have they've shown qualities in every single matchup. And I think they'll probably be due for um, a win in this one. Michael? Yeah, look, I, I don't want to have to say it again, but I, I do agree <laughs> with you, Matt. Um, with, it's, it's horrible that you agree. Horrible. Well, you know, just, <laughs> just spice it up and, you know, oh, I, I really want to win this um, this tipping comp. But, look, at, at the end of the day, um, I think um, Canberra Olympic will come away uh, with a victory in this one. And I don't really like picking... Uh, against team like teams like Tuggeron that you know are, are in a difficult uh, spot, yeah. but uh, like I like I mentioned before, and I think we've all touched on it, we we really do commend uh, the effort like uh, that Tuggeron United are putting forward, and, and the Wagga City Wanderers uh, outfit as well. So um, we can only hope that in in the future that those pieces sort of come together. Um, but uh, I think in this moment in time, I'm just going to go with uh, Cam- Canberra Olympic. Matty. Yeah, I'll have to be boring and agree as well. Sorry, Chance. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for Hardwick to, to settle in as well. Um, for, for this week, she's got her first goal. Um, she'll be looking to pick up. But, uh, but I think there will be still more positives for Tuggeron. I think there's a sneaky chance of a goal here, which I think would just be really epic if they can get a goal here. Um, you know, even if, if it ends up 5-1, that's just something that they've built off the back of the Belcornan game. They get a goal against Canberra Olympic, you know, um, and it breathes a little bit of new life and, and energy into the crew. So, but yeah, unfortunately, I think it's a it's a Canberra Olympic one again. All right, that's MPLW wrapped up for this week, Maddie. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to having you back on in a couple of weeks. Yeah, pleasure, boys. Any any time. Thanks very much. It was great having Maddie Moore on. Heaps of knowledge about the uh, local MPLW game. Great stuff. Now we're on to MPL two. We start with the reigning. Uh, sorry, not the reigning. The current league leaders, ANU, 5-0 victory over Western Malonglo. Carters with four goals. Peterkin with a goal. Uh, Michael, very good win from ANU, but 
Wagga had some good chances to start the matchup. No, Western Malongolo. Oh, Barasa. You said Wagga. Did I? Sorry, Western Malongolo. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, that's okay. Um, look, obviously a very good win uh, for ANU. Five goals at home. You really can't ask for much more, to be honest. Um, you know, it gives them a three-point uh, lead now at the top of the table uh, due to, um, you know, a result that we will get into um, uh, very soon. I, I won't break the news on, the, on, on that one yet. Um, but they've got a three-point lead now at the top of the table. Um, they were able to overcome, you know, an early onslaught and, and momentum that Western, you know, threw at them uh, to, to start the game. And, you know, it, it, they took their... They took their chances when they came, you know, uh, uh, and they're still the only undefeated team in, in, in the MPL2 uh, competition, which is a great uh, achievement and something that they'll obviously look to continue throughout the, the whole season. So um, I think despite the loss, uh, from all accounts, Western Malongolo uh, were very good in the first 15 uh, or so minutes, and that's something that, that they can really draw to, um, you know, uh, he- heading into the, this weekend and, and for, for the rest of their season as well. So Ned Jeans' side, uh, you know, they started quick out the blocks, all guns blazing. They they brought the game to ANU and, you know, they, they had their chances. Uh, Adam uh, Furch came off, came off, sorry, after 15 minutes due to injury. Uh, Andrew Sellers only managed a little over uh, one half and, and their captain, uh, Josh Wade, uh, the keeper, was also out. So that certainly didn't help their causes. But I think in the grand scheme of things, that, to have the start that they did, uh, to pose a little bit of threat uh, to ANU before that uh, that nullified and ANU were able to topple them, you know, is a great sign uh, for Western Malongolo going forward. Um, you know, and Al uh is fully fit, which is which is a great uh, sign for Western um, Malongolo. Uh, it's something that you've talked about, um, you know, in previous weeks and waiting for him to reach full fitness, which he has finally done, which is great. So hopefully that they can strike a bit more fear into other teams going forward now that he's fully fit and on the field. So, um, yeah, Matt, it, it was a great win for ANU. Uh, there's not much else uh, to, to really say. They're, they're a very consistent outfit um, that, that always look at to go out there and get the uh, the three points. It certainly was. And you mentioned there, Western Malongle. Uh, I guess they were that good in the first 15 or so minutes that... ANU sort of changed their game plan and they sort of made they tink, uh, kind of better a tink with the side a little bit just to stretch Western a little bit at the back and then that sort of opened opened it up for them to score uh, the goals that they did uh, like you mentioned it's not great for Western Malongolo considering the injury issues especially when you're in the mode and you you weren't able to score those goals when you're in that zone and you have to make these changes early on it, it never ever helps Albushi being back to full fitness is going to be great for them moving forward um, hopefully, in terms of Nedjid's, either they're able to um, fill the full squad soon in that regard because they show in the first 15 minutes that they have improved attacking-wise compared to how they started the season. And that's always a positive for them. In terms of ANU, like you mentioned, only an undefeated team left in MPL2, only the second undefeated team left in all three of the senior comps, along with Canberra Croatia Women's. And they're just on a roll right now, and it's the perfect momentum uh, they need heading out to next, ne- uh, heading into next round, and then after next round, there are fixtures uh, restart again in terms of the first, you know, round of yeah. the the three major blocks of matches that we have in this massive twenty one round season. So yeah, yeah credit to Western Mongolia for the fight they put up, but ANU and the, at the end of the day showed 
uh, how good they are. And that at the moment, they are the team to beat in MPL2. Michael, what's our next matchup? So our next matchup was um, an absolute cracking game, Matt. There yep. was nine goals in this one. So we had Yulgali five, Brindabella Blues four. I mean, what, what, what a game. Uh, you know, uh, we had uh, Adele and, and Roach. Uh, he's up with four goals there. Um, the Brindies had uh, Skafer, Lawrence, Misik, and uh, Blaskovic uh, get, get on the score sheet as well. I mean, what a game of football this was, uh, Matt. Yeah, it certainly was. Unfortunately, the feed, the feed was um, cut, I think, in the first half. So credit to Paul, Paul Fisher, the uh, Ugali president, who was giving the updates on the comment feed since the mm. since the actual visuals were wasn't up. Ugali, yeah, they took a commanding three in the lead to to begin the half. They came out of the blocks absolutely rare and they extended it just after halftime, 4-0. Uh, they tried to make sure that the Brindies weren't able to get back in the matchup. But as we've said a lot of this season, the fighting spirit of the of Zoran Glavinich's side, the Brindies just absolutely fought back. They got themselves to 4-3. They had even more chances in that period of time. The, the amount of chances they had was insane. They were just on a flurry. And we've mentioned before, when they've got a full squad and when they're rare, when they're raring, when they're going, Brindabella, uh, you know, they're eventually going to cause some upsets to some of the biggest sides. Didn't happen again on this day, but like we sort of mentioned MPLW, eventually these sort of results are going to happen to these sort of sides that are putting in this sort of effort. And uh Special mention to the goal from uh, Nicholas Blazkovic, I believe mm. it was. Yeah, Nicholas Blazkovic. Wow. Uh, free kick, absolutely terrific. Top left corner. Like I said, it's the theme at the moment this week with the free kicks. Absolutely yeah. brilliant there. So the Brindies had a great fight back. Unfortunately for them, uh, Ugali made it 5-3. Then Brindies made it 5-4. Didn't have enough time at the end of the day to get it level. So the Brindies will be, I'm sure they'll be annoyed that they went down 4-0 to begin with but they'll be very happy with that fight back. And yeah. I guess it's the same thing for you, Gali. They're, they'd be very annoyed that they let uh, Brind- the, the Brindies back in the matchup after being 4-0 up, but they'll be happy that they were at least able to, you know, stop, you know, they were able to overcome the onslaught that uh, the Brindies were, that that happened with the Brindies. And they would have, they would have heard all the reports about how, you know, how the Brindies, uh, when they're, when they're, when they're clicking, they're clicking. So, Ugali, it's it's it, it is overall it is a good victory for them. For the Brindies, it's a you know it's another. It probably it would have been a tough. It still would have been a tough trip back home. Any, especially that long ride, it's always a tough trip back home. Yeah. Uh, when you lose, it doesn't matter what the score is. But I the sh- the fight they showed, Michael, uh, pretty pretty incredible from uh, the Brindies. Any thoughts on this one before we move on? Yeah, I, I guess just you know we have to commend that effort uh, from Glavinich and the. And the Brindies, I mean, to be 4-0 down is just, um, it, it's a very tough uh, position to be in. But, I mean, to have that sort of fight back, to claw it back to 4-3, and I know that you still, you know, eventually lost the game. But, I mean, that has to be recognised and that has to be saluted, you know, to a point where they earn a little bit of, obviously, respect. Uh, they, they, they were fantastic. They showed a, a great attitude to not just, Say well, it's four nil. Where you know the the game's done. We're so far away from home. Like you know, what's the point? Sort of thing. But that's not the attitude that you have in football. You play right up until the final whistle, and um, you know that's why they were able to create that much of a fight back. And imagine if they had put that forward without going four nil down, 
um, first, like you mentioned. So, um, you know, it'll be a bit of a learning experience for them, but it's, it's a game in which they can take so many positives out of, even though they didn't come away with anything. 100%. And Michael, our next matchup, O'Connor Knights 2, Queen City 1. Massive victory for O'Connor Knights. Massive. Roberts and Kredzic with the goals for O'Connor Knights and Mark Shields with another goal for Queanbeyan City. Like I mentioned, massive, massive result for O'Connor Knights, especially heading into ANU next week. Absolutely. Before we get into this, what, what were our tips for MPL 2? Our tips were, I got two this week, you got one. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I did. I don't think I did great last round. Um, More on that later. <laughs> yeah, nevertheless, um, it, it, huge result for O'Connor uh, Knights. I mean, it, it takes them beyond uh, Quebian into uh, second um, on on points. Is it uh, that, that that they're second now? Yeah, they're second. Um, Let me quickly three, look. And yep. three behind, obviously, a new that we touched on before, who are top of the league. Yeah, so so the top three at the moment is ANU first with sixteen points, O'Connor second with thirteen points, and Queanbeyan City third with twelve points. So O'Connor okay. are one point above Queanbeyan City in second. Yep, yep. And it was just a good, solid uh, defensive performance from O'Connor. Uh, great momentum uh, for the Knights as they take on the uh, league leaders uh, ANU midweek. Uh, so that, that's going to be a f- fantastic game. Uh, with a lot of the line there. Um, you know, it was a last-minute penalty to win it uh, from Daniel Roberts. Uh, there's still a few players missing for O'Connor, uh, Rutherford, uh, Graham, Concertini, uh, Yadrich, uh, who, who was on the bench but not obviously fully fit. Uh, it was a real, real tight matchup uh, for both sides. You know, Queenie were up against another strong defence uh, that, that didn't bulge and, and give them too much. Because uh, we know how much of an attacking force they can be. So if you're able to nullify that, you've got a very good chance of winning against Queenbian. Uh, they won't be happy to have not gotten the win there, what win here, obviously, but uh, they'll look to put this one behind them um, as it resorts uh, to them to, like we said, uh, slip down to third place, being one point behind uh, O'Connor in second, obviously four behind uh, ANU uh, now. Uh, so they will hope that that gap that point uh, differential doesn't get any higher. So uh, a, a fantastic win for, for O'Connor. It certainly was. And I think we mentioned at the start of the, the season before uh, the season began when they played against Monaro. And I think I saw them play against Gungal. And I said, in the big matches, this their defensive improvement over the off season is going to sort of reap rewards for them in the bigger matches. And, it turns out it, 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 it is rewards for them in this regard. Uh, Queen City, yeah, like I said, they had, a, they had a tough considering the defense that uh, O'Connor put out, but Queen City still had their, they still had their chances and credit to their keeper as well. He made a double save, I believe, on that penalty I found out in the end uh, before they put, uh, before I think, I think it was Roberts that, yeah, uh, that scored the penalty. He was able to put that away. But yeah, double saves, always, always, um, Great for the keepers. I'm sure he would have been a little annoyed that it still went in at the end, but credit to them. Uh, Queenbian, no need to panic for Queenbian, despite this being a, you know, a big matchup and they weren't able to get the most of it. They're still only four points behind top spot. So it's still a long season. 
for them. They're just going to try and put this behind them, take what they learned from this one and try and use this to try and break down the defences. So now we've seen two defences so far, Michael, uh, that have been able to nullify or at least keep out Queenbian for the majority mm-hmm. of the matchup. And that's O'Connor Knights and ANU. Yep. Uh, so that's what they're going to be using when they head into the next round of matches. They're going to be using those two experiences and thinking how we're going to break down these two defences since they both got results over us using a more pragmatic approach, but still being able to win and break and get the results. That's what the Wilkes will be looking uh, looking for. I don't think they're, the Queen are going to be panicking at all because, like I said, they're only four points behind and it's a long season to go. But credit to O'Connor Knights, fantastic win, great momentum heading to ANU. All right, Michael, uh, what's our next matchup? So our last matchup for the round was uh, Wagga City. Wanderers getting a fantastic away win uh, against um, the hosts, uh, White Eagles. So this one was 4-2. Uh, the goal scorers for Eagles were Townsley and Maxwell. Uh, Wagga City Wanderers uh, goal scorers, Stevens with a brace, Urchang and Lucas um, for the Wanderers. Like I said, it, a great uh, result uh, for Wagga City Wanderers given... Um, you know, their difficult start uh, to the season against an opposition like Canberra White Eagles as well. Uh, but there was some big news uh, before this matchup, wasn't there, uh, Matt? Yeah. So the big news before the matchup was Steve Forshaw was let go from White Eagles. Eric Eric Benet, the, uh, I think he's playing as well. So Eric uh, Benet, uh, caretaker player coach at the moment for White Eagles is going to be the caretaker for the moment being until I'm not sure if it's till the end of the season or until they find someone else midway through the season. We're not sure what the, um, the full details are there, but that is the big news heading into the matchup. It is fair to say. And, but Eagles were under the pump early as they got, a, as their keeper Ryan Bro, Bros was given a red card in the 12th minute. So uh, Wagga were given a bit of a blessing there, but hey, you have to beat what's in front of you at the end of the day. And they took advantage of it and they and they scored not long after. So credit to Wagga City Wanderers. They've been working extremely hard for this victory. Of course, they got the victory against Brindabella in the FA Cup. But in terms of the league, they haven't scored too much and they haven't been able to get a win yet. So for them to get a, a big win before the next round of matches comes is huge for them. But not only did they win, they were able to put four goals away, which is also positive for Wagga City Wanderers. In terms of White Eagles, they're going to, I'm sure they're going to be looking at it as, oh, we're a man down. Uh, you know, we're a man down, the keeper off and, and all that. But, and, 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 and consider everything that's happened at White Eagles, Michael. And you look, but you look at the table, they're still, they're still fourth, got 10 points. So it, considering all the, um, everything that's happened at White Eagles, like you wouldn't believe that, um, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that, uh, sort of they're in the position the talk is sort of regarding now, but they'll they'll look at this one as, all right, we, we this this match happened. All right, we're going to move on and look forward to next week. Wagga, though, fantastic for them. Congratulations to them. Uh, like I said, you have to be what's in front of you. It doesn't matter that there's a red card. You, you know, I mean, what, White Eagles still played very well from all accounts. They still dominated a, a large part of possession uh, throughout the rest of the 70 or so minutes that was left in this matchup. Uh, but credit to Wagga City Wanderers. Any last thoughts before we move on, Mark, to the predictions? Well, I think it's going to be a really sort of, uh, and I know you touched on 
the fact that obviously they should focus on the fact that, you know, it wasn't a good day in the office from them uh, on all accounts, the red card losing to, you know, uh, Wagga City Wanderers who were, you know, struggling uh, before this encounter. Um, I think all the aspects that they have gone around uh, the, the club at the moment, obviously um, having, you know, let, having uh, let Steve Forshaw go um, after only five rounds of the season, they'll now be in a position where they're thinking of whether they need to bring in another uh, manager or not. Are they going to let that sort of cloud uh, their, their season? And is that going to get in the way of their preparations and their football at all? So it, it's one of those times where they're only, you know, um, six points off uh, the, the top of the table. But at the same time, there's a lot of outside noise, um, you know, surrounding the club at the moment. Obviously, everyone knows um, about, uh, you know, for sure having, um, having, having left. Uh, now they're in the position of where there's going to be a lot of rumours and, um, you know, news going around of yep. who's going to uh, replace uh, for sure at the helm and whether that's going to, um, you know, dis- distract the players uh, on the field. Uh, we-, we hope not. Um, so, I mean, your best thing to do as a player is just to sort of block block out all that white noise and just uh, go about your job on the field. So it, it'll be important for them to um, bounce back uh, this weekend, most definitely. And what are our predictions? Uh, what are our first matches for the predictions? Yeah, so we've got Brindabella Blues up against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, May 22nd, 2.15 at Gissing Oval. Jeez, I mean, after that win for Wagga City Wanderers, that puts them in great stead. Um, but at, at the same time, you, you have to commend the effort that the Brindabella uh, Blues displayed uh, as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a, a Brindy's home win here. What about yourself? I'm going to go for a Brindy's home win as well. I think this is going to be a very close matchup it's going to be a lot of goals like it was in the FA Cup at least that's what I think anyway Wagga City Wanderers will be full of confidence after their big win the Brindies uh, once again will be from what I've been told the Brindies don't have the mindset of the team that's lost as much as they have they have the mindset of we've you know we've we've been so close on so many occasions it's eventually going to happen and they approach every match the same way with the same mentality uh, look, it's. I think it's going to be closer than people think, and I do think there will be a lot of goals out there if they cut matchup. But I think the Brindies will just uh, sneak this one. Next up, yeah. Next up, we've got Western Mullumbo at home to uh, White Eagles. Uh, also, this Saturday, May twenty second, two fifteen at Warden Park and closed. Uh, yeah, is it is it Warden Park and closed? Yep, that's also uh, Western Mullumbo's home ground. All oh, right. Okay. You learn something new every day. Um, I'm sure the White Eagles will still have the canteen open, sir. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's a home match for West Eagle. They've always got that, those Eagle burgers going. So, um, I'm going to go for a. I'm actually going to go for an Eagles win here. Um, I know I discussed all the factors that they have going on outside uh, of things happening on the football pitch at the moment, but um, they can use this as an opportunity to say, look, um. Last week just wasn't our wasn't our day. We we had the red card for the keeper. It put us in a difficult position uh, from that moment onwards. And you sort of you sort of just want to put that um, in the rearview mirror and uh, reset. Uh, so we'll see how they uh, how, how they deal with uh, sort of all the news that, that's surrounding the club at the moment. 
um, when, when they go out on the field against Western Malongolo. So um, I'm going to say that they have a bit of a bounce back. It, it might be tough, it might be gritty, but um, I expect them to come away with a win. This is a tough one to predict. I'm going to go with the draw. I think Western Malongolo showed in the first 15 minutes that they have improved as a team. Uh, moving forward, if they can keep the majority of their players fit, if those players that came off are still pretty fit, I think they can snag a draw here. I think White Eagles are still going to have a bit of a transition uh, with Foreshaw gone over the next this uh, over the matches most recently happened in this one as well. Uh, it's, it's it's not going to take Eagles long to start firing again, but I think Western Malongolo have caught them at a at, at the right time, and their momentum has been building at the right time in their regard. Absolutely. And our last match uh, for... Second last match. Sorry? Second last match. Sorry, my apologies. I was looking too far down the, the list. I'll just snap my uh, snap my brain back into gear. Uh, we've got Queen Bean City at home to Yulgali, uh Saturday, May 22nd, 3.15 uh, at High Street there. So uh, I'm going to go for a Queen Bean City win. Uh, I expect to bounce back uh, from them, and and I believe when they lost to ANU, they they came they came back in full force. Uh, so it sort of gives them a bit of a wake up call, and um, we all know how sides how dangerous sides can be when they've sort of endured a difficult result or they're coming off a off a loss. So especially with a team like Queenie with the attacking talent that they have, they'll be raring to put some balls in the back of the net. So I'm going to go for a Queenie City win. Yeah, from all accounts, I think you nailed it on the head. I think from all accounts, when Queen City lose a matchup, they come back raring to go. Unfortunately for Ugali, they haven't travelled too well this season. Whenever they've travelled, their best performances have been at home. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that they can't put in a great performance here. They've definitely got the talent to do it, as they've shown throughout the last year or so. But I'm going to go with Queen and I think after they, uh, there's just something about them. After they lose, they just immediately bounce back. Uh, that's not to say this is going to be a thrashing of a matchup, but they, they find a way to win in the next matchup. Yep. What's our uh, final matchup of round seven of MPL2? Yeah. So this is the last match. Um, <laughs> so we've got ANU at home to O'Connor Knights in a block, blockbuster game. Uh, yep. You know, we've got first v second here. Um, it's going to be a great game. Uh, Sunday, May 23rd, quarter past three at ANU South Oval. I mean, this is going to be a fantastic game, Matt. It uh, always is. It's a, it's a great game. This is a great fixture in MPL too. So, I mean, um, I'd be, you know, uh, getting down to watch this one or um, having some form of, uh, you know, tracking uh, of, of the events that occur in this one because uh, it feels like it's going to be a very entertaining game. We obviously touched on the fact that ANU are one of two uh, sides that are still undefeated across the three uh, premier competitions here in Canberra. And I'm going to go for an ANU win. I'm going to go for an ANU win. Um, right. I'm going to go with the table toppers. Uh, what about yourself? It's a tough one. I'm I'm going to go with the draw. And I'm not really basing this completely off momentum. I'm basing this off what I've heard and seen from whenever ANU play O'Connor Knights. Usually form goes out the window for this matchup. It's always a very yeah. tight match. It's, this is they all the both sides are always ready for this one and they're always entertaining games and if it, even if there's not a lot of goals it's entertaining in a tactical what sense is entertaining in a physicality sense is entertaining in any sort of sense so I definitely if, if anyone's free on Sunday uh, go down and uh, check this one out today and you yeah I'm, I'm I'm basing it off the fact that 
the previous matches between these two, it's always very, very tight and form is never really a, there's never really an indicator for these results. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to go with a draw on this one. Uh, it's easy, either team could easily win, but I'm, yeah, I'm going for a draw. All right. That is us down and the table for MPL two. And our tipping is me 15, U12, 2-1 to me over this weekend. So Wait, what's your, what, what's the MPL two standings? Uh, me 15, U1. Oh, sorry, no, you not U1, U12. Damn, so I'm three behind. Three behind, yep. Uh, but this weekend could possibly oh. be there because there's two there's two um predictions that we both did differently here. So you can yeah, easily so. uh you can easily bounce back this weekend. We'll wait yeah, and see, shall we? All right, so. another fantastic yeah. show. It was great to have Matty Moore on. He's got a you know oh, wealth of knowledge. Got a few mind. got a few more guests up line lined up for next week and the the week after of uh, more people that uh, know the game fantastic uh, with their knowledge between MPL 2-1 and W. So look forward to bringing them on. And oh, Michael. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, it, it was great having uh, Maddie Moore on. I mean, um, another great personality, another great uh, sort of knowledgeable, intellectual um, man that has been around the scene uh, in Canberra football, especially in the women's game as well. So, I mean, I think it's really reassuring and fantastic to know that we have, you know, uh, people like Jeremy and people like Maddie that are, are just so invested in the game and they know this league inside and out. And, you know, it, it's, it's great because we, we always want to see um, these leagues be covered off and, and, and spoken about in, in such sort of high, uh, high regard and in a knowledgeable uh, way. Uh, and I believe that's what those two do uh, very well. Obviously, along with uh, you know, with us and 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 Russ, uh, obviously too. But it just shows that um, we've got some great minds in and around uh, the MPL uh, W scene, and it's something that we'll continue to do uh, all season long. So it was a it was a pleasure having uh, Maddie on. One hundred percent. Any last thoughts before we uh, wrap up this one, Mike? No, I mean, that's 28 episodes uh, done. So, yeah, I mean, look, um, you know, uh, we my team had a victory on the weekend as well. Oh, that's, that's very important. We, we, we played, played ANU. A&U. Yeah, we played ANU. So, you know, it it's always a tough game against ANU, man. I swear every ANU team <laughs> in Canberra is just like the most solid outfit. You, you, you won't come across an ANU team that, you know, you can walk on there and just think it's going to be an easy guaranteed three points. So... Look, we, we had to we had to work for it. You know, I've got I got kicked in the hamstring and I'm pretty sure it's still bruised. I can't really extend my leg out to its full extent. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to get the, the win. Isn't that right, Matty? Hundred percent. You gotta but do my, what you gotta my do. Hamstring, my hamstring suffered the consequences, but you're, you're uh, a warrior, Michael. Win. You're a warrior. Yeah, Matt, a midfield uh midfield hard man, uh, as they say. <laughs> 100%. Thanks as always. Thank you every much, everyone to, for tuning in. Episode 28 of the Canberra Football Show. A lot of fantastic goals, a lot of free kicks this week. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.